Blog Talk Radio.
folks I know, they don't like to hear the truth. They would suffer if I don't sing and remain mute. But whether you're a communist, capitalist, or a socialist, you got to face facts and to the world of critical facts. Whether you're Muslim or Christian, you got to face facts as a happy guest. But this year we join in celebration, freedom from bondage and oppression, 150 years of emancipation. To celebrate is to be misled, because my people are still on the bed. My men still carrying the bill instead, and Antiguan still carrying water on the head. I will sing the truth. I will sing the truth. I know a lot of men get shoot just because of the truth. But I will sing the truth. Sing the truth. I can't fool the youth. I have to tell them the truth. And that is why I issued a call, but then you fix up the hospital, 
The hospital lost the bid. The building is too dilapidated. The poor houses have missed bombs. The old people lying on the ground. Ernest Williams is nation and outstanding parliamentarian. It's time we honor him for his contribution. Instead of praising the local man and his shot up to the Antigen, we give him top jobs to men from the U.S. and Great Britain. And a white man is our ambassador in Iran. That's the truth. That's the truth. Could this happen in Iraq or Beirut? That's the truth. That's the truth. I'm just afraid of Well, of course, we come to the end of the year, and it's quite appropriate to look back at the West Indies in terms of its performances during the year and to offer some solutions on Mason and Guest. Of course, I've got already on Zoom a very special guest, uh, uh, Mr. Toby Radford, who, of course, is the former batting coach. He's come along, and we've gone to Canada to find Tony Matwart, of course, his father would have represented the West Indies. And we want to get a perspective from him um, in relation, you know, he's not an outsider. He's, he's from Guyana, lived in Guyana. He's got Bajan roots, I understand. I was married to a Bajan some time ago and is writing a pretty interesting article along with uh, Red Sparrera, who only this evening on the local news said that that match that is going to be played to see a, a send-off for Gale is going to be played behind closed doors. No spectators are going to be allowed. In terms of Ireland, we hope to join with later on on the show, Chris Siddle, who is the manager of the Ireland side, we hope, uh, of course, to join him. And, of course, get some reaction. We have the BC elections. Hendy Wallace, congratulations to him, a wonderful person, former Barbados under 19 cricketer. Uh, he's on the board and he's expected sometime during the show to talk to us about what he's looking forward to. And we also want to hear what's happening in relation to the preparations um, at Kendall and Noble in relation to that pitch. So a little bit later on, we hope to uh, speak to Richard Prof Edwards, the, uh, the curator. But without any further ado, uh, before I introduce uh, uh, to- Toby Radford uh, and, of course, Tony Matwatt, I think it's important to look back in terms of the raw stats of West Indies uh, this year. It, they played 10 test matches. They won three, lost five, and they drew two. In terms of the ODIs, there were nine, they won four, lost five. But in the T20s, now we've gone into the last, uh, World Cup as the defending champions. Listen to this. We played 25. My golly, won nine, lost 13. And in terms of, um, you know, no results, there were three. And that is of some uh, importance as well. So we're going to look at that. And just before I, I come to Toby and, of course, uh, to our very good friend, Tony Matwatt, I think it's also important to look at the Skerritt administration to see what has happened in relation to the raw stats. Now, Skerritt took over um, back in March 2018, and in his tenure, there were 18 test matches. The West Indies won five, they lost 11, and they drew two. Make a note of this. In terms of the ODIs, 38, um, the West Indies won 15, lost as many as 21, and uh, there were, uh, in terms of no results, two. And in terms of the T20s on the Skerritt, 
Some 42 were played. The West Indies winning 14, but losing 23. And in terms of no results, there were five. Those are the raw stats. Of course, we're going to get your reaction a little bit later on on Mason and Guest 441790. Well, let's go to Toby Radford. Hello, Toby. Where are you? Are you? What part of the world are you, Toby? You got to hear you, Toby. You got to turn. You got to turn it on. We all want to hear you, Toby. Oh, we're not getting you, Toby. Can you hear me now? Oh, we can hear you loud and clear, Toby. I do apologize. Um, Seasons greetings to you and uh, all your listeners there in the sunny Caribbean. Yes, I'm, what? I'm in very cold, cold Cardiff. I am. Oh, you're in Cardiff. Oh, okay, okay, and I and, uh, and I know hey, within. But, oh, but Andrew, if 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 the if the PCR tests come back positive, I'm hoping to be on a plane to St. Kitts next Sunday for the Under-19 World Cup. So I'm looking really? forward to that. Okay. <laughs> bit okay, we're talking yeah, about so, the, uh, the Under-19s. I, I know the West Indies are playing. Yeah. We, we hope to, to go to St. Vincent to hear from Rommel Currency, uh, who is now the president of the uh, St. Vincent um, Association there, to, to get an update from him. Uh, but uh, I, I just gave you the stats. Um, yeah. and, and I want to hear from you. What, what does that really mean to you, the, the, these raw stats? Well, I, I think when you look at it, and I think, you know, you mentioned in the two and a half years of the new regime, as it were, um, in the 98 matches played in totality, I think mm. the, the team's won 34, but lost 54. Mm. So it's winning a third of its game, but losing two thirds of its games. Mm. And that is, a, that is a stat that carries right the way through, whether it's test match cricket, 50 over cricket, or even T20, which is where it's been world champions in, you know, in, in not too, not too a distant past. So for every three games it plays, the stats would tell you it's going to win one game, but it's going to lose two. And that is across board on every game that West Indies cricket has played in the last two and a half years. So you're going to win one game, but you're going to lose two games of every three games that you play. And those stats don't lie. Mm. And that's 50 overs, T20, test matches, um, mm. it, it, right across the board. Why do you think is, is, is this... Why is it so, though? I mean, uh, can you explain what's going on? Losing well, so many I, I matches? Could, it's, a, it's, it, it's a mix of things, isn't it? it it's a mix of, um, you know, players not performing, low in confidence, um, could be a bit of planning, it could be an absolute mix of things. But, but the stats never lie to me. Right. Um, you know, and that's, you're, you're not producing... Uh, con- you're pr- producing consistent performances, but you're not producing consistent good performances. You know, no team wants to be losing, you know, 60% of its matches or more and winning only 30% of its matches, does it? I mean, no team wants to be in that situation. And to be honest, even if you were, even if you were losing 60% in one format, you wouldn't want to be losing 60% in all of your formats. And actually, it's, it's worse in the test matches. I've lost 61% in the last two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, 54% in T20 have lost. And one over third, uh, one only thirty-three percent in what it would call its strongest suit. Um, you know, and as I say, it can come back for lots of reasons: selection uh, in the recent World Cup, did it get the right team? Lots of different things, which I think only the only the, the you know the board or the management could answer. Um, what what we're looking at here is you know what has gone on in the last two and a half years, and clearly performances would be would be disappointing to supporters and and all the people who want to try to do well. You know. Mm. Um, just, become, just before we come to Dr. Ford and, and to Tony, um, there has been some reaction by Cricket West Indies that they fired the selectors. Uh, were you surprised, first yeah. of all, by that? And secondly, do you think this well, should have gone further? 
well, I, to be honest, I mean, when you fire a selector, is it only the selector or does he become a bit of a scapegoat for, for other, you know, other issues that, that, that these stats would bear out in the last couple of years? Um, it's an easy one to just fire a selector and say, oh, the selection was on. But I think it's deeper than that, isn't it? Mm. I think it's deeper than that. There will have been other people involved in selection, not just the selector who's gone. There will have been other people involved in selection, as I understand it, and they are still there. So, you know, clearly it's not, um, you know, I, I think it, it's been nice and easy to get rid of one and make it look like it's a clean brush. But this, this has gone on for two and a half years. These stats aren't in the last couple of weeks. Mm. This is over two and a half years of a regime. Um, and I'd like to think that, you know, that with the players who are on, on the islands, I know the quality there, you know the quality that's there, mm. that you would want to win more than one game in every three that you play at that level, I would say. Mm-hmm. Tony, Matt, what season's greetings to you? Um, where are you now? Are you in Ghana having some pepper pot? Are you are you in Canada? <laughs> I wish, Andrew. I'm actually yes, uh, still in Pickering, Ontario, where it's not as cold as where Toby is, but cold enough. So, season's greetings to you and to all your listeners and to the rest of the panel as well. And delighted to be on the show. Mm. Your reaction to all of this? I gave you the raw stats. You got a reaction from. Uh, Toby Radford, what does Tony Matt Watt say about all of this? Well, I think, Andrew, that the key component for me that has been more noticeable in recent times than ever before is the is a lack of discipline. It's a lack of discipline mm. amongst our players. I mean, we have, you know, within the last few months seen players going on to cricket fields around the world representing the West Indies and they're in the most unfit. You can look at them mm-hmm. and see that they're not fit. You don't need a, a, a coach or a selector to, to, to tell you that. And then the second part of it is that, again, we have players at the highest level who keep making the same errors over and over again. So it shows that their own personal development of their game is it's either regressing or it's stagnating. It's not... It's not going forward. And, and for the life of me, I cannot understand how you can say that you're a professional cricketer. You're making, you know, you're, you're living by means of playing cricket. And you're not looking after the two most fundamental things for your success. The progression of your own game and your, your, your fitness. Mm-hmm. So that to me has been the, the you know, the underlying factors of, of these results. And as, as Toby says, I mean, unless the players themselves start to address those issues, we're going to keep continuing doing the same thing. We're going to play, you know, one good test match here or maybe a couple of good test matches in a series. But overall, mm-hmm. the results won't be, it won't be positive. They're mm-hmm. going to be skewed towards more negative results than positive. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Ford, I know you're going to be very busy in the elections because may mortly surprise all of us by calling the election yesterday. I, Turned on my, my television. I thought she was going to talk about this new variant, but then up, up came um, the announcement of the election. I know that you're very big uh, in terms of campaigning, so uh, it's good that we're able to get away because I'm sure you'll be part of some strategic meeting today uh, with your favorite part of the BLP. Um, but uh, Dr. Ford, how are you? Yeah, I am good. Uh, <laughs> nice to hear you and see you again, Andrew and Mr. Matt Toby Radford and the listeners. It sounds like you were York. I was York. Middle stop. Middle stop. Knocked out of the ground in spectacular fashion. 
Absolutely. There's no defense, no defense at all. A Joe Garner like Yorker. <laughs> well, uh, gentlemen, um, I, I will just a little bit to mention that uh, England has been beaten in short order in the Ashes, and now they're starting to look at the repercussions of maybe pushing their their first class tournament into the background and prioritizing white ball cricket. And I come back now to the West Indies where we have prioritized just uh, having our older players come back into the fold and maybe making that or, or you know, the, the, the tip of our spear and trying to retain a T20, uh, you know, championship which went up in flames. And it seems that we've spent all that time building up to this monumental failure. So the question is, is it that we're not prioritizing the first class cricket enough and that's why our stats across the board are, are poor? And I, I'd let uh, Mr. Matt Watt look at that first and then Toby. Look, for the, you know, I, I believe in the importance of, of four-day cricket. I and mean, I think that you know, in terms of the, the four-day game. Like, for example, I mean, we have a set series coming up in March. And if you look at the West Indies test team right now, there are a couple of positions that are vulnerable. So, you know, when you look at the four-day competition is going to happen next year, I think the selectors around there, the regional selectors, you know, um, should be looking at the team and saying, okay, you know, who do I have in my squad from Ghana or Trinidad or Jamaica or wherever that I can be pushing to to compete for, say, the opening batting batsman position or the number four or, you know, the fourth seamer. So, and I think that sort of coordination has sort of been been, been missing. I mean, when you look back at, at our, when we were at, at our best, I can remember the 71 series again when Roe and Kali Charan were competing for the number three spot in the West Indies side. And one would make 100 in the next, in the next match. The other one would go make 200. And they were trying, you know what I mean, out this, outperforming each other. So I think that's what has to come back to our four-day cricket. We can't have um, batsmen averaging on the 30 at, at, at regional, you know, at, at the regional level and, and sending players to make their debut in test series with averages of 26. I mean, we, 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 we have to raise the standard of the four-day four day competition if we think mm-hmm. that that is going to have, or if we want it to have an impact on, on, the, on the test matches, on our test side. Mm-hmm. Toby? Well, I think there's certainly a belief in, the, in England that there's um, priorities been given in recent years to white ball cricket. You know, they brought the 100 in last year. Um, that generally, you know, technically good players have played so much white ball cricket that they've almost lost the art of playing five-day game. Um, and that's one of the excuses being put out for why England has struggled so much in Australia in the last couple of weeks. Um, that may be part of the story. Um, you know, there are other things that link to that. And that may well be the same thing in the Caribbean, where there's been so much emphasis on white ball, T20, players wanting to play that. Um, that being pushed as the as the main game to play, uh, that that you then lose the art of playing the longer format. Um, so, but I look, I I never think it's just one thing. I think it's a combination of things, and you could probably look. And we've talked before when I've been on, you know, quality of pitches, quality of preparation, quality of practice, 
cricket in the schools, cricket in the, you know, there's a whole host of little things. And if, and if everything was improved a bit, then I think you'd find more of these star players coming through. I mean, what I'm hoping, I, I tell you one thing I'm delighted is I see that Shiv is going to be involved with the West Indies team as batting coach. Um, I'm a massive fan of Shiv, you know, obviously lucky enough to work with him 10 years ago with the West Indies. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think he's going to be brilliant for these young West Indian batsmen coming through. I'm looking forward to see what talent the West Indies under-19s have got. I'm sure they've got some good young players. So, you know, they're hopefully next week and playing against them and seeing them. Because uh, that's the future, isn't it? And it's all, always about the future. And it's putting things in place, I think, in the Caribbean. And we, as I say, we've talked about it before, facilities, all of these things to, to find those new stars and then look after them and have a structure in place to get consistency. I think the one thing that's been lacking for a number of years now is not, um, you know, there are good performances, but they're one-off. You know, there are great test match wins. There are fantastic B20 wins. But in between, there's, this, there's always these dips there's not consistency and it's finding consistency and I think to get consistency you've got to have more quality coming through and when you get the really good young players you've got to work with them nurture them develop them fast track them so you know I'm a belief that you've got to work in all of those different areas to um, to get back to where we were 20 30 years ago Mm -hmm. okay Um, just just before you come in we're going to pause for a business call when we come back we're going to go straight back to you uh, Dr. Ford but of course Mason and Guest is brought to an association with our very good friends at ASAP, we're run the best shot of the day. Yes, you're listening to Mason and Guest. And we are carrying it live here from the Cricket Show. I hope that wherever you are, you are listening to it as well. Very interesting program. Let's join Mason and Guest. Oh, they're not ready for it yet. This, yeah. of course, is Mason and Guest, the final program for the year. And we're just reflecting on West Indies cricket. The stats, the raw stats don't look good at all, at all. And we'll continue to uh, get reaction. Now, um, back to you, Dr. Ford. Usual seasons, I mean, we've had some T20 cricket and other things. But when you look at the best versus best uh, series uh, before each, each of our tours or home teams or otherwise, you, you would find that sometimes an individual that does well in one best versus best doesn't get a chance in that ensuing series and then disappears and has to go back to a repressage in another uh, best versus best. We also notice that sometimes you would watch a, some, some cricket and you would see a guy perform and then you would be told, well, he doesn't meet the fitness standards, but you see him functionally do what he needed to do. And mm. it begs the question as to whether the, his fitness assessment was done too far, too long ago. And maybe that the selectors were not given a, a large slate to choose from, meaning that could we consider that maybe the selectors should have said, look, there's a guy we're looking at, can we get him tested because we think he should be in the group instead of being pigeonholed into who, who had fit the standard? Toby? Can I, can I, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, sorry, mate. Yeah, no, so Dr. Doc, Ford, the point is, why, why should someone's fitness be a time issue? If you're a professional cricketer, you should be at full fitness 365 days a year. 
Mm. There should not be a, a gap when you're, you know, when the selectors have to wait or test you at particular times so you can pass a fitness test, but you know, not be be fit enough to pass it at another time. I mean, that is that is, you know, I I don't buy that. I don't. I I think again, the players owe it to themselves. Fitness mm. is a is a key requirement of success at the highest level. So if you're a professional cricketer and you're making a living from playing cricket, mm-hmm. then you owe it to yourself to be your fittest at all times for the duration of an entire year. Mm-hmm. Toby? Well, before, before Toby comes in, I'd I just like to say I was really looking at the, the situation where you see a guy who is said to be unfit, but you could actually mm. perceive by looking at him that he's fitter than someone else who's said to be fit. But which meant that his assessment was done sometime previously and not not mm. recently. Mm. I, I I don't think that there's a consistency with the fitness testing and the way it's being used. It seems to me if they want to pick a player, they find a, they give a waiver to a certain player. If they don't want to pick a player, they suddenly give the excuse that the guy's not fit, and then there's no proof of when the test was done or how it was done. Ooh. And I hear lots of different stories. I'm still in touch with various players. So I have a bit of an idea of what's going on. I don't think it's consistency. I don't think it's above board. If they want to get a player in, suddenly they waive the fitness test. If they don't want a player in, or they blame the fitness test and use that as the excuse. I don't think it's a hard and fast, consistent method for selecting and non-selecting. And you've seen that recently with the World Cup. There were people on there. I'm sure they didn't have fitness test. I don't think they did. And I think we all know that without naming names, right? But then there are other people at other times who are not picked. And they said, oh, they, they failed the fitness test. I, look, it doesn't look consistent to me. And I, I look at it from afar. But as I say, I, I do have eyes and ears in, in the camp. I have an idea of what's going on. And, and I would like to see a really above-board, robust, selection process and if you're going to use fitness which is a massive part of the game got to be consistent with it everybody in the everybody has to be treated the same way tested the same way and whatever the results are mm-hmm. if the decision that's made for a has to be a decision for a, b c d e f and g as well i it, at the moment it's being used to their uh, however they want to decide to select mm-hmm. without without giving tales of the school and, and i must admit in my discussions with uh, representatives of the medical team, the the criteria for fitness uh, was illogical in that. To to summarize it, if a guy it was that if a guy reached a level of fitness, he couldn't decline, but he had to increase. But it seemed like people were penalized for being more fit than others and were deemed to be unfit because <laughs> they didn't keep to that high standard. But but without kids out of school, will be just a general idea about a scenario that could have prevented an individual from being selected was it was it just that the test was done months before or was it that they were now asked to do a test or if you could i i, I think i think it, i i i sense without without knowing the full fact just is just generally what i understand and what i read between the lines that there's not a consistency with that they're not all tested on the same day right but testing to be fair Everybody should be in the same place on the same day doing the same test, and you can all see them doing it. What happens is player A will, you know, you might have eight of the 15 doing it on one day, and then suddenly, oh, yes, this person did it last Tuesday, and this person did it on Monday. No one sees the results. Mm. Then you have to take it on faith and trust that they were the result, and it becomes messy. I don't like things to be messy. I want it right in front of my eyes, clean, 
where everyone who wants to be selected is there. They all do the same test. And this person got 15.2 and this person got 13.1. And the cutoff is this line and you were below it, right. And we all know who was below it and we all know who was above. When you start doing it at different times and this person had a waiver and that person's got a waiver and this, it gets messy. It gets messy. And then it is open to people looking at it and say, well, hang on a minute, you know, what went on here? And mm. even if it was fair, it doesn't look fair if you're doing it at different days of the week, different weeks of the year. Do it on the same day with everybody there. I'm sure they can do that. Mm, interesting. That's my All right. Now, um, we got Chris Siddle, who's going to join us for a short while. Of course, he's a very busy man. And we also want some balance, as we always do on Mason and Guest. Uh, Calvin Hope has joined us as well. Of course, he is the CWI director from Barbados. It'll be interesting to hear from him, um, because when you look at the raw stats, you know, he's part of an administration that the cricket really um, has suffered immensely. It'd be good to hear uh, from Calvin Hope uh, his thoughts uh, on the direction of West Indies cricket. But let's uh, go to Chris Siddle now. Chris, uh, how are you? And uh, I know, first of all, that uh, you're a bit sad because you were supposed to play some cricket against the United States and COVID has, has knocked you for six. How are you, sir? Thanks, Keatry. We were supposed to play today and again on the 30th. And unfortunately, both games are being cancelled now with the a few COVID cases in both camps here. Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, and that is affecting, <laughs> that's affecting your preparation? A little bit, yeah. So we, we've obviously lost the two, well, three ODIs that we would have played in the build-up for these West Indies games. And we've probably lost yesterday and today. We were not able to practice either. Just while we make sure it isn't spread any further, then hopefully mm. we'll get a practice session in before we travel to Jamaica. When, do you, when are you expected to arrive in Jamaica? Uh, so all being well, we'll be traveling on 31st. Oh, the 31st, and all the players yeah. are tested and nobody's in trouble in terms of COVID? Yes, so all, all the players have tested negative. Uh, we just have a couple of members of the support staff who tested positive, so we're just making sure the players are completely separate and do another round of testing before we, before we travel and before we fly. Now, in terms of your head coach, have you, have you picked your head coach? I know the last time we spoke, you, you were struggling with that. Yeah, so we, we have David Ripley, who's been head coach in Northampton in the UK for quite a long time. Mm. Um, He's our interim coach, so he's going to take this series and then our World Cup qualifiers in February. Mm-hmm. And then when, when he's finished, hopefully we'll have a new head coach permanent in place by that point. Mm-hmm. How, how many players are you bringing to the Caribbean? Uh, so we have 18 total. 18? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we have a, a squad of 15 uh, for our ODIs. Then there's three 2020 players who are there for a one-off 2020, but also as backup for the ODI squad as well. Mm. Who are some of the players that should, we, should, we should be looking forward to seeing? Uh, I think I think Josh Little, someone who's been really exciting people. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's our young kind of left-arm fast bowler. He right. seems to just be getting better and better. He's getting picked up in more and more leagues and franchises. And he's kind of been our star kind of fast bowler recently. Uh, mm-hmm. been, been real good for us. But he's definitely one of the young guys to look out for. Mm-hmm. I see. And uh, you're looking forward to that one-off game, Christopher Gale, that T20 match? Oh, yeah. Yes, look, with the chance to play a game in, in the Caribbean, especially somewhere like Sabina Park with a full house, with a big crowd in, would, would be fantastic for anybody. And, you know, it's, I know there's probably a little bit of debate about whether it should or shouldn't be a, a send-off game or whatever, but as far as we're concerned, it's a full T20 international, a competitive game, and, and we'll be approximate like that as we would any other game. Mm-hmm. How, how difficult it is to be a manager of a side like, like Ireland? Um, 
when we start having COVID cases and bubbles and transfers yeah. and things like that, it's been very difficult. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. You can ask Roll Lewis back in West Indies. I'm sure he'll say the same thing. It was it was a nice job until mm. COVID came around, and then it gets a lot more stressful. Mm. <laughs> but stay with us. Good to hear from you. That's Chris Siddle, of course, Thank who is the, who is who is of course the manager um, of the Ireland side, arriving in the Caribbean in the land of wood and water on the 31st to play in three ODIs and uh, of course that T20 match in celebration uh, of, of Christopher Henry Gale. Now. We've been joined by Calvin Hope, who is a director of Cricket West Indies. Hello, Calvin. Nice to see you. A happy happy season's greetings. Happy New Year to you. How are you, Calvin? We're not hearing you. Yeah, yeah, we're hearing you now. Same to you. Yeah, you're hearing me? Yeah, yeah, we're hearing you loud and clear now. Yes, yes, Calvin. Yes, yes. Season greetings to you, too, and your guests. Mm -hmm. I'm well. What is your reaction to all of this, though? We've just read the raw stats, and they're not looking good. You're part of an administration where the cricket apparently is not going anywhere, Calvin. The stats are not good. Well, you know, look, you know we had some changes um, since 2019. Yes. And uh, there was all kind of talk of, of how to move things in a particular direction. And... You know, a new administration came in and, and, and kind of promoted some changes. And, you know, there was a lot of discussion and, you know, some people agreed, some people didn't. But those changes were implemented and they have all fell flat. Mm. And that, that, to my mind, mm-hmm. has been a bit of the problem. Mm. Oh. You know... West Indies cricket, there are some fundamental things mm-hmm. that have been affecting West Indies cricket for a long time. And there are two main things. Development of talent for international com- competitiveness have been broken. Mm-hmm. That whole chain has been broken for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Where our talented cricketers were in England, playing cricket, county cricket, and all of that sort of thing from very early in their careers. And that has been no more in the way that that happened. Then the economic model for running the affairs of West Indies cricket and and world cricket has changed, has changed fundamentally. And we have not addressed those issues front on. Mm. Then... There is this notion that Cricket West Indies is the governing body and controls everything relating to cricket in the, in the region, which is not so by the Articles of Association of Cricket West Indies. Mm. Cricket West Indies is a company that has been set up by six shareholders, and we know who they are, right. the Six Territorial Association. And there are about four to five things that Cricket West Indies are required to do by those articles, right? One of those things are to arrange, is to arrange cricket for its members, which is the, the six territories, regional competition. Arrange home and aware tours for Cricket West Indies, for, for, for the region, for the West Indies team. Liaise with the ICC on affairs relating to cricket and develop a fund for the 
for running cricket, regional cricket, and supporting tours and the commercial affairs of the brand. Cricket West Indies has never been set up to run cricket in Barbados, in Trinidad, in Jamaica. All of these territories are set up by law, basically, the Barbados Cricket Development Cricket Act, right, governs, gives the BCA the power to run cricket in Barbados. That, the West Indies Cricket Board or West Cricket West Indies has, is, is of no state. It mm. has no legal power to run cricket in any jurisdiction in the Caribbean, except under the auspices of its host in the particular territory. But yet, all of us have assumed that Cricket West Indies, the BL and all for cricket in the region. Mm. It is merely a company that should be reporting and guiding by its shareholders. It's a business. And this thing about stakeholders, if we look at cricket as a pure product, which a company owns, and it has customers, and you look at what the corporate instruments that runs, that guides the operation, and you stick to those corporate instruments, and you, you, you stick to them properly, instead of bending rules and getting egotistical about it, the cricket will run properly. Mm. And your government is supposed is, is to be engineered and, and garnered to facilitate the environment for the development of the game. Don't get into all of these different fights and picking at this person and this thing about governance reform. Everybody on the board and past and present recognize that governance reform is something that is a continuum that, that you need to be continued to do. But how can you reform, mm -hmm. reform something when you have not analyzed the corporate instruments, whether they are working or not. You just you just look at results on paper mm -hmm. of a team in the field when the board doesn't even pick the team. Who picks the team? Former cricketers. The board has no say whatsoever in the selection of their team, right? And here we are. We talk about Chris Gale, and we wish him well. He served West Indies cricket. I am a director. I have made no input whatsoever whether Gale play yeah, a farewell match or not. Mm. Has never come to the board. Oh. Never, ever, ever come to the board. Really? And there, are, uh, uh, there are a number of other things that, have, that does not reach the board. Plenty. I, I have told, I have said this publicly about the transparency and things like that that were bothering me during the, the campaign. Mm -hmm. And these things were written down in a manifesto. All of these things are still relevant. And if one examines what has happened since 2019, all of, all of the, the, the evidence is there to why we have failed in recent times. Mm. All the evidence. That's a very interesting one. But Tony, Matt Watt, of course, you write an article um, f f feel free, feel free to become a journalist there. Uh, I know that Dr. Ford has been taking some notes. Uh, Dr. This coming from Calvin Hope is, is thinking, uh, your reaction to this. 
Uh, I got a question for Calvin very soon as well because I want to know if the board is fractured because it would appear so to me based on what you're saying. But it's over to you, Doctor. Your reaction to Calvin Hope's uh, bouncer. Well, it's, it's interesting. Calvin is more aware of the inner workings of, of CWI than the average person would be. But in the long run, it comes down to what is our major goal? Our major goal is for cricket in the West Indies to be successful and to improve and to show an upward mm. trajectory. And by extension, to strengthen the brand instead of reflecting on when the brand was big and respected and, you know, expecting people to nostalgically continue to support the brand. And therefore, to show that you've grasped what is necessary and what's needed in order to make things better. I, I believe Calvin has expressed uh, some dissatisfaction and frustration that maybe mm. uh, the, there's too many moving parts and too many distractions into getting that done. And, and I've said, you know, it's important to look at your problems and to look at solutions and to articulate solutions. And I think mm. you've come up with a very important thing, which is the economics of it mm. and also the structure mm. and the development and producing a product that we can be proud of. Mm. That they're very important things, and I think we have to stick to that. I, I, I'll give Tony a chance to, to respond. Yeah, to, to, um, Tony, do you have any questions for Calvin or for, uh, for, for, for Tony or, for, or for even for Chris? very specific for Calvin. If, as he's saying, that it was not Cricket West Indies decision about the Chris Gale farewell match, then who exactly made that decision? Hello, as I tell you, I sit on the board. I have not had any communication relating to that. I heard it on better basis like anybody else. Mm -hmm. I heard the CEO spoke to that on Mason, I guess, mm -hmm. um, could be several weeks ago. And you were, right? and you were, and you were surprised? <laughs> well, I heard so. And I, I figured, well, okay, that might be something that would be considered by the board. I, I didn't have any problem with him mentioning it that but only tonight i am hearing from from the discussion before i i made a contribution it seems as though it's a done deal i i don't, I don't know i'm in baltimore at the moment um on some personal business and um basically i i don't know what has happened i haven't had any emails to the effect mm. my computer is with me as you know and i haven't had any information whatsoever mm. as to what team, whether they were going to anything about, about, about um, Mr. Gill mm. or any other player for that matter. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Toby, I know your, your time is short. Um, are you, you going to stay with us, Toby, for another um, half an hour or I so? Another, I, may, I can do another 10 minutes. Okay, beautiful. Be beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um, but, but I know Tony's got some questions uh, as well lined up. about. Um, let, let's come back to you, Calvin. Um, is, is, is the board fractured? I don't. I, no, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I, look, in everything, when you have more more than one person, um, you have a number of people. Mm. There will be different ideas. Right. You know, I believe generally that everybody on the board means well for West Indies cricket, but sometimes the tactics of people in trying to get to there, you know, 
they they have different tactics. Mm. And to my mind, I I can say that it has not been a situation of inclusiveness in decision making. That is what, and I said that before, ooh, ooh. right? The inclusive. And when we look, this whole governance reform thing, if you can, if you can, if you, I can bring an instance to you. I read in the press recently that the current president gave um, a statement, made a statement or, or an interview with the Express newspapers in Trinidad. And we're heavily, he, he, and that statement, you know, attributed to him. I don't know if it is true or not, but that mm. is what I read. Criticize territorial boards, mm. saying that the territorial boards were critical and resistant to governance reform. Now, and, and these are your partners. These are people that own the company that you mm. are supposed to be running on their behalf. Right. And before before the the this this instrument mm. could get to real discussion, real discussion and analysis by people, it has not reached the conclusion you are criticizing the head people who are to make a decision on it. That to me is is to be if if it that the statements are true that he made them, then to my mind. That is a political tactic mm -hmm. to pressure decision making. That is that kind of behavior is wrong, but that is what you expect from politicians, Misty. Oh, oh, interesting. Now, <laughs> now, Toby, uh, Toby, uh, do you think the board uh, cricket West Indies should take the blame? We've been talking about the players. We heard Tony Matt Watt talking about discipline and all that. Uh, but would you put some of the blame squarely at the foot of Scarrett and his team? And it's difficult to say, isn't it? I mean, what, what I do know is I was involved in a, in a coaching setup that uh, was fortunate enough to, to beat England back in 2017, I think it was. Um, we were preparing for the World Cup. Suddenly, uh, um, you know, a new president came in. Um, he got rid of Pybus as head coach. Mm. All of Pybus's staff went, which I was one. So I think nine of us went overnight. And since then, what you've seen are the stats of the last 90 games in the last two and a half years where they've they win one in every three games they play, and they lose two in every three. So um, those were decisions made by the board and by the new president to clear out the staff and put a new staff in. Um, uh, in that time, you've seen some odd selections. You've seen some strange performances. Mm. Um, and, and that's where it's at. And there's no bigger fan of West Indies cricket than me, man. I mean, all, what I would love to see is a West Indies get back to where it was. Mm. Um, but I think to do that, you need planning, investment, you need to put the right people in the right positions to take it forward. Um, because I know the talent is there. There's, there's never any doubt, mate. There's, there is always talent on those islands, right? Guarantee. And it's still there now. It's what you do with the talent. And you need structure. Those players need time. They need investment. And, and, and selection needs to be fair across the board mm -hmm. um, to get the best out of the players who are there. Because I know the talent is there, but whether it's being used in the right way and selected in the right way is, is another question. Okay, let, mm. let's, let's pause for business because when we come back, we're going to, of course, come to Dr. Ford. He's got a question. I'm sure that Tony Matt has got questions. We're going to open the lines 441790 and you can participate. The heads to 7 o'clock Eastern Caribbean time. Listen and guests, Broughton Association. Pause for pause as well. You're listening to the cricket show. 
join us each and every Sunday evening from 6 until 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can also join us on Saturdays from 9 to 12 when we bring you some entertainment and we run what is going to be happening this Sunday. So be sure to join us. Be in early. Can't be late. Back to my son guest. Mason and Guest. All right. This is Mason and Guest. I'm Andrew Mason, along with, of course, Dr. Andrew Ford. We've got Tony Matt uh, playing the role now as a journalist. I'm sure we're going to see um, some stuff uh, himself and Red Spurrier doing some wonderful articles. Um, and, of course, we've also got uh, Calvin Hope, uh, CWA director, uh, certainly not very happy at all. And Toby Radford has got some, some more time with us. Uh, Dr. Ford? Yes, uh, I'm going to have a question for Toby and one for Mr. Fiddle after. But Toby, this is a follow-on from what you mentioned about the last England tour and, and the mm. commendable performance by the team at that time that, that really even inspired uh, leaders in the Caribbean. And, and, you know, there was some euphoria and happiness back then. With England coming back uh, for a 5 back the 20 and the test match. Would you say that the performance or the ability of this team to compete with England in this um, tour next year will be really the Waterloo and the after test for for the new administration? I, I think it will in many ways, yes. Um, I think there are still quite a few of the players who performed so well in that series um, still available for selection, could still be in that team. Um, so you, you're looking for a repeat performance. Um, but if I come back to leading up to that series, I mean, obviously Richard Pybus was in charge. He was a very good, um, very good head coach. I mean, exceptional head coach, I thought, in, in terms of the, the vision that he gave the side in terms of how he, wa- how he wanted them to play. Uh, very clear roles uh, in, in terms of combating, you know, Anderson and Broad. It's very specific uh, how you were going to play them, how we were going to bowl with their batters, the different lines you were going to bowl. I thought the planning and the preparation was outstanding. We had a nine-hour meeting in the Accra Hotel in Barbados. Mm. We were there from morning until night um, and absolutely dissected every batsman. We then had the team in. We sat with them. We gave them all the salient points. Um, and the players had to go and deliver, and the players went and delivered, which was outstanding. And, you know, I think it was the series where Jace got 200, Dowry's got 100. You know, Dowry's is no longer in the side. Jason's in and out of teams, not always picked in the other format. You know, lots of things have happened in those few years. Um, but it would be great to see them come back in and perform, um, but have clarity about what they're looking to do. And I think from where I sit watching the scores, and watching the performances as best mm. I can around the world in the last couple of years, I'm not always sure that there is really precise preparation going into the series. You know, if you're playing South Africa, are you preparing for those quick bowlers? They've just been to Sri Lanka, mm. spinners out done them. How did they prepare for that series? I'm all about preparation. Preparation being hard, specific to what you're going to face. This is a battle. And we're going into a war and we've got to prepare mm-hmm. for what the enemy is going to throw at us. Mm-hmm. You know what's coming in Sri Lanka. You know what's coming when you play South Africa. Are you preparing as best you can for the battle ahead? That's it. And if you do and you give yourself the best chance, you can't complain if you don't win. But make sure you're giving yourself the best chance. Uh, Mr. Siddle, we're not trying to traumatize you with, with, with <laughs> you to all of the 
all the issues related to West Indies cricket. But thirdly, Ireland is a is a smaller cricketing uh, group with a with a history that is not as illustrious as the West Indies, but mm -hmm. still, we we share the common uh, bond of being one of the smaller players in world cricket at the moment. Yeah, and yeah. we've heard about our issues with uh, structure, with development, and especially economics. And, and you know the, the control of the big three and, and the difficulty of, of us smaller nations mm. now having a chance to get back to the top. How are you dealing with these issues with your group? Yeah, I think it's very important to remember that the smaller countries do have a lot of problems with money and a lot of problems with the economy. It's not just the West Indies problem. And, and you know, we, we find it very hard as a, as a new full member to get really good first-class structures, to get good facilities, to get good A-team tours, to even play test matches. You know, we, we don't really have the resources to play any test matches. We don't have the resources to have multiple A-team tours in a year or have... We haven't played red ball cricket at home for two years, even domestically, because we can't afford it at the moment, you know. And it's very difficult as a small country where cricket isn't one of the mainstream sports in our country. We've got a good group of players. We've, we've got a good kind of base of cricket clubs. We're probably similar to one island within the Caribbean, maybe somewhere like a Grenada, you know, size-wise, in terms of the population we have playing. And we're trying to compete on a world stage with facilities that, Somewhere in England, you, you know, you'd be looking at a local village cricket club is kind of our, our level. You know, we, we don't have big banks of net. We don't have our own stadium. If we we played the West Indies maybe two years ago at home in 2019, and we, we played at a club ground that we put temporary stands up and kind of take over for a week that we, we hire from the club to play. So, so we have a lot of problems that we're, we're trying to very slowly overcome them. But without a big bank of money coming in from the ICC or support from those big countries that have money to spare and, and, and kind of could share it out a bit better. It's going to take a long time for us to catch up to, to even the likes of Zimbabwe, where they have the multiple stadiums, they have lots of facilities, they have lots of professional players. You know, but Toby will know. Toby spent a, a small amount of time in Ireland, and he'll know the facilities and the, and the, the, the kind of the practice we, we can get there is very poor compared to any other international team. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, we, we can take a call. It's uh, five minutes past the off, seven o'clock, forty-four-one-seven-eight. Let's go to the, the telephone. Hello, welcome, Mister and Guest. Hey, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Uh, fine. Happy, happy Christmas and uh, best of the new year to you. Okay, fine. Same I, to you. I, I just would like to know if I could buy a drink for uh, Tony Tony Radford. So, to, if Radford? you could buy a drink for Toby Radford. Yeah. Yes, you can, and also for Chris Siddle and for Calvin Oak <laughs> and but Tony Matwatt. But he said he said 150 percent of the things that I've been saying all all the time, and basically, if our coaching was up to standard, mm. a lot of the performances by our West Indian players can be much improved. Having seen England play in 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 um, in Australia, mm. I am convinced that right. if the West Indies were better prepared and better coached, mm. that they can do much better than they do. Now, also. If you're gonna play a team like Australia, you're gonna you to me you should have something like a boot camp or something. The Australians have done it, the Indians have done it. Mm -hmm. You can't go in to, to play Australia with a with a with a weak mindset. You have to toughen up our players before they go into such an assignment. He talked about preparing um in, in Sri Lanka and 
and and if mm-hmm. if you're going to go against these the, the South Africans, you're going to have prepare for fast bowling. Oh my goodness, you should you should have heard the story of um, AB De Villiers. The fellas bowl at AB De Villiers from half pitch fast bowlers mm-hmm. instead of the the the, the, the twenty two yards. Mm-hmm. They bowl at him from like eleven yards. Mm-hmm. So so to, to prepare for fast bowling, mm-hmm. I mean. England prepared for the spinning by doing a lot of sweeping before they went to Sri Lanka. I mean, it's these type of things to make me, these finer points right. that the coaching to me is lacking in West Indies cricket. Oh, all right. And okay. with Jason Holder, Jason Holder requesting that the, that, that the, to don't, to don't fire Pibus before the World Cup. Right. And the board ignored him. Mm. To me, that was also very significant. He begged them, "Don't fire him," and they got rid of Toby. Well, we're, um, we're, 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 we're going to get a rea- we're going to get a reaction from Calvin Hope. Uh, Calvin, do, on reflection, do you believe um, it was a bad decision to fire Pibus and his team? It was a, it was a it's not even bad. It was the worst decision that has ever been made in recent times in West Indies cricket. Oh dear. The worst decision. Because here you were. You had just begun to see some green shoots mm. in the performance of their team. Mm. It doesn't matter who was in charge before or anything like that. And it was a, a basically a political decision. Mm. And the caller said that Jason Holder thing the board. Jason Holder never had any discussions with the board. Okay. <laughs> Let me just clarify that. Right. Right? I heard that Jason, that, that the captain at the time, which was Jason, had some discussions with the hierarchy. That is what I heard. I don't know, right, if that was the case. But if it is that Jason said that, Jason's a very sensible fella, and he would have been right to hold that position. Because as Mr. Tolby Radford just said, he just explained what happened mm. and the process that they went through. So only a fool, having experienced that as a captain, wouldn't want to pull the rug from under his own feet. Mm. And we all see from the time that rug was pulled from under that team's feet, mm. what happened? The whole thing imploded. The confidence of the team went. Everybody is there to see that. Everybody knows that. There is no doubt about it. But here we go, right? And this is, this is a, a few points I want to make sure. in terms of the future, right? And Toby, Toby just mentioned about planning. We need to examine and do a serious surgery on the administration, the day-to-day administration of our cricket. Everybody focuses on the board. Right. The board meets quarterly, right? Every once, every three months, four times a year. That mm-hmm. is when the board meets. Mm-hmm. All the decisions being made by a few people. And then you get an email for noting, right? So when it comes to planning of our cricket, planning of the cricket, we have people in charge of cricket. And suggestions have been made to have a serious analysis of what has been happening. Mm-hmm. And those things go on deaf ears. Those on deaf ears because... I believe that if you do a serious analysis, some people would look as though they're not performing at the optimum. Mm. And so they, they don't want that. 
and people who lead the thing don't want don't want no independent analysis on what is happening with our cricket. None. They don't want it. And calls have been made for analysis from 2019, then the World Cup, then New Zealand, and I know directors were written back in red. Really? In red. In red. Hmm. Say no way, no way. We don't need that. It will be done internally because if they really examine what is happening, how does how do players feel? You know, what is the environment? It is obvious that there is no team spirit going on there hmm. since 2019. That whole thing has been dismantled. But they, but there is a fear to examine. What are real issues? Hmm. And we need to tackle development at the territorial level properly. Mm-hmm. Properly. Going to the schools, find out what is happening there in the schools. Why is one or two territories really, really, ha- really putting programs in place and the other territories don't have, have zilch? Why is that for the last 25 years? And you're hearing a lot of talk about cricket, why the thing is failing. The, the system has been broken. Ooh. And stop playing the politics. Oh, the system for development of cricket in the in the West Indies has been broken for 25 years. Look at the techniques of the players. And you have all of our stars who've been there and done that being shut out. Being shut out. I, and this this little token thing of giving giving say somebody a little coaching job and that kind of thing. But the real people who've been there, done that, who can help our batsmen, right? You create an environment to sh- that shuts them out, shuts them out, mm. right? And only do token little, little things. But you must imp- have the people involved in a fundamental way to help motivate the youngsters and help them to battle, and even the current players, to help them to navigate the international world of cricket today. Mm-hmm. And then the structure of the organization. You have an organization dealing with cricket and dealing with the commercial side of it. The board, as it currently stands, cannot deal with the two things effectively. CWI as a company needs to be a holding company, and you have one side dealing with the admin, with cricket, development, mm-hmm. and you have the commercial company that be, deal with the brand, and that is where you bring in the big business people in the Caribbean, and the, the, the ideas and the bright business people in there, and you form a partnership with the commercial sector to deal with this brand for the people of the Caribbean. That is where it, it is needed. That is where the structure is needed. It is not to be gerrymandered for people to get power to run West Indies cricket. You tackle West Indies cricket in a commercial sense and with common sense. Because right now, cricket, West Indies, and the way all cricket, it is the most democratic way you go through a system. And a lot of the people who are pontificating on it. If you ask them if they're a member of a cricket club or if they do anything wrong with a cricket club, mm-hmm. non-existent. But 
They have all the answers. Mm. They have all the answers. Mm. Uh, Even the people who lead it never never run a cricket club. Mm. Uh, Tony, uh, any questions for Calvin or Toby? Actually, I do have one for for Toby. I have another one for Calvin. But sure. Uh, Toby, um, yes. I think you'll agree. I hope you'll agree with me that the only way you can win a test match is to take 20 wickets. Yeah. Um, what looking at the West Indies team right now and the resources that we have, mm-hmm. what would you say is the best bowling combination, bowling unit for us to put together towards mm-hmm. winning the 20, taking the 20 wickets necessary to win test matches? Good question. Um, at its best when I was there, I always felt that Shannon Gabriel, Roach, Holder, those three seamers, and then one or two other bowlers coming behind them. But I think they, you know, I think Roachy was two or three years younger. Shannon was a bit fitter and a bit, you know, probably in, in a better physical state, I think, two years ago. Where they're at now, I, ha- I don't see enough of them, to be honest. You'd see more of them than I do. If, they, if Shannon is, is firing and at his best, I mean, he's a 90-mile-an-hour bowler, can get those early breakthroughs and get the win. He's done it before. Whether he's physically there now, I don't know. Rochi is a quality bowler. I mean, Rochi will be a great bowler, I think, for another five years. He's just a fantastic, skillful bowler, especially against left-handers. Uh, and Jason, we know Jason is, you know, great control, great shape. J- Jason's a, a world-class performer. So for me, the big position is the Shannon one. Can you get Shannon in the state he was in two years ago, physically, technically bowling as well as he was? Because he's a big performer, I think, in that side. And him and Rochi up front, they're excellent when they're bowling well. So that's what, to, does that answer your question? Uh, well, I was looking at, at more or less as, as a yeah. unit together. It should be well, or I, I think a spin or three seamers. Well, would you think it's the best yeah, I mean, I, given our current resources? Well, I like, look, I like Cornwall. There's a couple of good spins. Obviously, Pamal's gone and bowled well in Sri Lanka. Warrican's bowled well um, in Sri Lanka. So there are guys who go away and do it. Cornwall, I don't think, did quite as well in Sri Lanka, did he? Um, but he does bowl well in the West Indies. He gets that bit of extra bounce and overspin and, and obviously a useful batter coming in lower, lower down. Mm. Um, I think getting that balance, I mean, clearly it's important whether you go for the person who can get the extra runs for you. But if you're doing that, you're almost not backing your batters, aren't you? Mm -hmm. I I think you've got to get your 20 wickets. I'm with you. Who's your best chance of getting those wickets at the Mm -hmm. moment? Well, it's it's probably a a fight-off between Pamal and and Warrington, isn't it, for that spinner's position, um, if you're going purely on taking the wickets. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do think think knocking over top-quality opposition batters is important. And Shannon did do it before can he still do it? And if he can't, who can do that job? That's to go in around Roach. No, Tony, just before you go to Calvin, though, um, there, there are a lot of WhatsApp messages coming in, and, and the interest of balance. Um, someone is asking you, Tony, to comment on the following facts. 2015 to 2019, no series win in ODI. 2017 to 2019, T20, 33% win, 2017 to 2019 in test, 33% win. Are you looking for my comment on those? No, stats? no, 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 Toby, Toby. Um, okay. you got, are, those, are those accurate, those stats? Well, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just reading uh, a WhatsApp message that came in. And they're, they're, and they're, and, and they're asking you yes. to comment on it. 
Well, I, I, I'm happy to comment. I don't know if those are, I don't know if those stats are accurate. I mean, okay. I'm well, let me go. Let, 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 let me go slowly. Um, please ask Tony Rad, Radford to comment on this. Between 2015 and 2019, no series win in ODI. 2017 no. to 2019 in T20, 33% win uh, ratio. And in 2017 to 2019 in test, 33%. So they're saying the stats are basically the same. So they're saying there's been no decline at all. Is that what they're saying? Well, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just reading uh, what uh, was sent to me um, in a WhatsApp message and asking you to comment. I mean, if those stats are accurate, what we're saying is there's no yeah. decline. We're saying that the stats are the same all the way through, mm -hmm. right? But the point, the, the point that was made a minute ago mm -hmm. was that you had a team that was performing and winning and it just beat the world number one test nation. Right. And, on the back of the, and on the back of that, dismantled it all three weeks before a World Cup, which mm. then exited in the World Cup, right. and has since had a disastrous T20 World Cup. So uh, I'd certainly want those stats verified. I wouldn't say I wouldn't just take them from Eddie Tom to get Harry sending them in. I don't know. Do you know who sent them in? Well, actually, interestingly enough, the, the person has asked me not, not to say, and I would want to breach well, the person. Because confidence. they might say they might not be accurate. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I want to check them first. I think, I, I think we know that for the last couple of years. You know, Andrew, every, yes. every, every time this, a discussion comes up about what has happened since 2019, since these decisions have been made, you know, people tend to go back and say, but this did not happen. Deal with what you came in and tried to deal with. Deal with that and your promises. Don't reflect on anybody else. That your, is history. History. You, you told us. That you were going to reform and inform right. and improve right. the situation. Mm. Stop deflecting. Mm. And it's that sort of kind of kind of messaging and questions is purely deflection. Oh. And mm. that is what is affecting our cricket or moving this thing forward. Calvin, you seem not to be impressed with the administration of Ricky Skerritt. I am not impressed with people who would not listen. Put Ooh. it that way. Really? To, to embrace, to be inclusive, mm. right? Mm. To be inclusive. Uh, uh, and Barbados has made their position very clear on the board on this. Uh, and and, and their dissatisfaction. We are dealing with West Indies cricket. Right. And every territory, every director, mm -hmm. have got a, a voice and would make its input, mm. you know, and that is what you're there for. Mm -hmm. And if 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 you make one is making an input, and you go into quarters and say, "Well, talk about about a, a, an official opposition and all that kind of foolishness," you can imagine me going to England for for a tour and 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 save England three hundred and fifty million pounds, right. and we got not one red cent, mm -hmm. and that that could make sense when we are broke. Could that make sense oh dear. to anybody? Anybody? Mm. Man, come on, man! And then people talk about, about, about trying to shift, shift, and say that oh, we are not mercenaries and this and that. And, uh, you expect us? You negotiate and you get what you deserve. Mm. Then you negotiate. You know, you get what you negotiate, not what you deserve. Mm -hmm. mm. Right. Uh, no. Tony, Tony, you had a question for Calvin. I interrupted you. 
You got a yes. lot. Of, you, you certainly have a lot to write about. Make, make sure you give Mason and guess the credit. Calvin, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a situation, yes. um, and, and Dr. Ford made note of it in, in last week's program when he made the point that if you can't look look after the small things, then you should be expected to look after the big things. Mm. We went on a test tour to Sri Lanka, and there was an incident where test matches are being globally televised, and we have West Indian players coming onto the field with the sponsor's logo taped over with masking tape. Mm. And this is a sponsor whose contract had been finished, concluded, months before. So that happened during the Sri Sri Lankan Test Series. Yet no one in Cricket West Indies seemed diligent enough to address it because it happened again a month later during the T20 Series in Pakistan, where players representing the West Indies were going onto the field, and you can see the old sponsor's logo on their shirts Mm -hmm. being taped over by masking tape. And this is for the, the entire world to see the incompetencies of Cricket West Indies or whoever is responsible for that minute detail. If, a, if you no longer have a sponsor, then surely the next logical step mm. is to get new kit without that sponsor's logo. Calvin? Mm. As, a, as, a, as well, a director, respond to that. Well, Tony, Tony um, on behalf of the board, <laughs> I would have to apologize to the, for what happened but i would say to you mm-hmm. that question is better directed to president skerrick he is the chairman of the commercial and business development committee mm-hmm. nothing so has come to the board about all we heard is that the former sponsor had the relationship at came to an end right. mutual agreement Bam, bam, bam. Mm. That is what we heard. And that for the World Cup, we were getting some new sponsors, but all of these sponsorship contracts mm. and stuff like that, right? Mm. You get notification for noting. They are never discussed by the board. I'm telling you that, right? So you mm. could direct those things. And that is precisely why I said before that we're, when you talk about governance reform, Right? Corporate governance reform, that is where you need to separate the commercial affairs from the cricket affairs. Right? And you have that company that will deal with that and your merchandising and build your brand. West Indies cricket is very unique. We should not follow New Zealand. We should not follow Australia. We need to come up with our own model for our circumstances. And that needs to be examined by a proper, well, I shouldn't, let me remove the, 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 the word proper, right? I have the greatest respect for all the people who've done corporate governance reform for Cricket West Indies. I think the Honorable Patrick Patterson's report came closest to what we should have been doing, right? And that, that I believe that. But I believe it should be taken out of the realm of individuals mm-hmm. and given to one of the, 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 the uh, one of the accounting firms or the, and, and that, that specialize in these kinds of areas in dealing with brand building 
incorporate governance um, structures, looking at this thing very carefully, all the nuts and bolts, and not a cursory research mm -hmm. approach, right? Starting from, from the outside. The first thing that has to be done is for the shareholders of this company to access. That is your first port of call. Deal with your shareholders, the owners of the company, and say, look, this is what you're faced with. What are your thoughts? How do we address it? These are the problems. Think. Do not go and come up, do it from the other way around to force the owners of the company to give up what they have invested money, blood, sweat, and tears. Mm. Then you, when you do that and put the blame on them, to obstruct, that they are obstructing, right? That is where you have a problem. You create a problem. Cricket West Indies can be reformed very, very simple with the right approach. The approaches have been wrong, and I say that the Patterson report came closest to dealing with it, mm -hmm. but the others have been totally wrong. All right, I'll stay with us, Calvin. Stay with us. We're going to take a commercial break. We've got several calls as well, lots of WhatsApp messages coming through. And when we come back, we're going to go straight to the telephone. Mason and Guest, Broughton Association, with the very good friends at ASAP, we're around the best. Yeah, Mason and Guest, you're listening to a very, very interesting show this evening. And we do hope that you stay with us as we try to bring you all the action. In Barbados, where the action is fiery, and it, the topic is great. Can we get something solution by the show? Let's wait and see. Back to heading to 7:30 Eastern Caribbean time. We got another half an hour left on the show. Let's go straight to the telephones, Mason and Guest. Hello, welcome. Peace be unto you and yours. Yeah, hello. To your distinguished guest. Peace be unto you as well. And to all the staff there, um, I call. I was trying to get through last week, but it mm. was so. It was. I, I must say, it was full of clarity mm -hmm. and transparency last week. Well, tonight too. Right. Tonight too. But I, I you know, it was Mr. Mason. Of all the years you had the show, mm. I tell last week was one of the best. And you thought so? Seen it now again, huh? Yes, yes. We're trying to improve it is, this it thing. So, and I and I and I find that you you like you had a yes there feel because man you came out shot and yeah, well you know something. <laughs> Well, it's Christmas time, you see. Uh, Dr. Ford gave me one, huh? No, I talked about last week. Yes, 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 I, yes. I, Anyhow, very, I just called. Very I, I curious agree, about it. Because I agree with, with, with the second and some more second won't do anything. You think so? Um, of course. Okay. Well, Gail. Anyhow, all the best to each and everyone. Stay safe. All right. God bless, Bobby. All right, Gail. That, that, that this this uh, cricket will we, we start to grow from strength to strength next year. Right. I Thanks. hope so be. Thanks, Gary. We're going to sneak okay. some more calls in. Hello. Can, can we go to another call? Ronnie Clark, whose side Liverpool lost today. Hello and welcome. Mason Hi, good night. Good, good night, night to you, sir. sir. Yes. Now, I question for Calvin Hall. Sure. I want to know if his uh, opinion, are his personal opinion, or if they're reflective of the, all the representative of Barbados, uh, the hierarchy of Barbados cricket. Mm. 
because I find his views very, very amusing and they're serious. And I think that they have views that are worth listening to. But I'm wondering if this is a personal opinion mm-hmm. of the representative of all representatives in Barbados as far as Kirk is concerned. Calvin? I have. I have. What you've heard from me mm-hmm. is nothing new. I have been saying this now for the last year. And, and I have mentioned these things in the quarters that matter. Mm. If that answers your question. Mm, I see. All right. Okay. Let, let's let's speak a couple more, can we? Forty-four one seven ninety. Uh, Doctor Forty, you've been very quiet, um, and 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 you're known to be a a man who would give Mr. Skerritt and Doctor Shallow lashes, but you've been quite quite quiet tonight. Is something wrong with you, Doctor yeah. Ford? I've been I've been uh, <laughs> observing from afar, but. Yeah. I have two questions. I still want to keep Mr. Siddle engaged and I will yes. come back to Mr. Matt Watt. Um, and, and adding on from what we spoke of earlier, mm. wouldn't it be a good idea for all of the smaller nations in world cricket to come together and put together something for the ICC requesting a bigger share of the pie. There is no way that cricket, in my opinion, mm. can expand and improve if smaller nations are stifled and not allowed to progress and grow. And I think if ICC is really interested in cricket going into the U.S. and becoming a, a bigger sport and be, mm. even being at the Olympics, that they have to do something to allow it to mm-hmm. flourish and thrive, just like like football, uh, soccer, I should say, is doing. Uh, there, I think the ICC's approach to cricket is incorrect. Well, what do you think? Yeah, uh, you know, we, we've be, we've been beaten down the door for a long time as, as an associate. And now, things like this too, we've got here to the USA, and we feel like we've got a responsibility as one of the members of ICC to, to come and play things. We've toured mm-hmm. Oman. We've we, we played against the Paul. We play UAE quite regularly. We play Scotland, Netherlands. It's, is our first tour to the USA, and, and we now feel a responsibility, even as one of the smaller big teams, if you if, if you like, that, that we need to push that. And we know we've certainly pushed that at the ICC level. We know that a lot of other countries have pushed that that, that level of associates around Scotland, mm-hmm. Netherlands, UAE, Nepal, Hong Kong. You know, there's some seriously good cricketers. Namibia at the last World Cup. You know, there, there are some incredible cricketers at that level. And they're just not getting the chance to compete against bigger teams because there's no money in it for these bigger teams. There's no money in England coming to play us. Mm-hmm. There's no money in us going to play England. But mm-hmm. for them, it's very hard to get get these people to give up games against bigger countries to to play us. And the, the World Cup Super League that we've had has been a great opportunity for us, a great opportunity for Netherlands, you know, Afghanistan, the the, the kind of smaller countries to be forced into playing these games. You know, England have to play us in three games. Now, unfortunately, COVID has is, is taken away the, the vast majority of that. But, you know, for, for a country like the Netherlands to be allowed in that league to, to play uh, three games against the 12 biggest countries in the world was huge for them, huge for their development. And we need to find ways where, where teams are, are willing to, to, to go into those leagues, be it two divisions, be it three divisions, be it whatever, and, and not not have that fear of well, mm-hmm. what happens to us if we finish bottom, you know, what mm-hmm. happens if we lose. I think there's, there's probably 
a lot of reluctance from some of the bigger teams that they're worried they have a bad two or three years finishing the bottom two teams and, and maybe get relegated or get stuck down with the lower teams. And I think they need to find a way to, to make sure that can't happen and, and everyone gets an equal share and a fair share to, to play and develop in these games. Okay. Uh, Mr. Matt Watt, we, uh, we were told that there was a retreat of the failed T20 World Cup effort where we won one game, we lost the two warm-up games, and we lost, I think, four of the, the games in the, in the wrong robin uh, aspect. We, we've really heard nothing, and mm-hmm. the response of the vice president last week was to give some, some micro stats, which to him suggested that they were actually improving. The team and the performance is actually improving. Do you feel like there is maybe a lack of accountability or maybe we're not mm-hmm. having the type of, you know, communication that we need? I mean, we, we never really find out mm-hmm. what, what happens there. I mean, England just lost the ashes and already they're thinking of what's mm-hmm. going to happen with the captain, what's going to happen with the coach. And, and they've had a much better three years than we have. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what are your views on all these things that I've mentioned? Um, Dr. Hope, to, to begin with, I think the whole approach to the World Cup was wrong. Um, we have a situation where we have a T20 World Cup in 2021. There's going to be another one in Australia in mm-hmm. 2022. And then we are supposed to be hosting the one after that. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the Caribbean. So really, we should have been looking at the T20 World Cup on a three-year projection basis. And for 2021, in terms of the selection, you know, being where we are right now, I don't think anybody could have, would have thought uh, realistically that we, we would have won mm-hmm. T20 World Cup, even if we had our best team on the field. It's it just, mm-hmm. you know, where the other teams are in terms of their strengths. So what we should have been doing is to say, okay, we should be looking to get at least to the semifinals in 2021. And then, as we all know, anything could happen after then. But really, we should have been looking towards mm-hmm. 2022, picking the sort of team comprised of players who would have been using 21 as the experience. So that come 2022, mm-hmm. you know, they have that in, in, in their back pocket as opposed to taking some old-timers who were unfit and, and, and way past their prime. So I thought that the entire mm-hmm. approach towards the, the, the T20 World Cup was flawed to, to begin with. And then the results showed for themselves. And as you said, mm-hmm. it's been silence from Factory Road ever since. Yeah, okay. Um, just, just, just hold your thoughts. We're going to just um, move away quickly and speak to Richard Prof. Edwards because, as you know, there's an event coming up very soon in relation to England, we've got Priscilla on the line. But we do want to keep our listeners informed as to what's happening in relation to the whole question of the, the preparation at Kensington Over Richard Prophet was the former Bethany's fast bowler, and of course, Coretta Kensington. Uh, season's greetings to you, Richard. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Andrew. Same to you. Okay, good. How are things going in terms of that pitch at Kensington Over? You've got England coming in next, next month. That's right. Um, we, we've actually preparing. Uh, in the process of preparing four pitches. Four pitches. And, uh, and we're going to use three for the, the T20s. 
and keep that one in preparation. It'll do bring the test match on that in March when they come back again. Mm-hmm. So we've preparation and, and are actually preparing three pitches at full, full sort of more at this stage. Uh, to get it ready for the, for England for the first match on January 22nd. Mm. Uh, is the weather good for you? You like these conditions in terms of your preparation? Yeah, weather the weather isn't really giving any any problems. The little shower in between uh, presents no problems because we we're now covering we're covering the square at night. Right. Any eventuality that we get very heavy rain, but uh, so and and open and then uh, taking off the covers early so that the grass can get some sunlight and grow. Yeah. But the so we, and we are rolling. We are we are putting like three three sessions of rolling now, mm-hmm. and, and then graduating from uh, the light rollers right up now uh, through the, the the various weights, the heavy ones just before the last week or so. The matches, when the matches actually start. Mm-hmm. Um, we expecting a, a pitch for the run. Well, I do runs for somebody, but I don't think that thing. But but it, we're going to prepare a pitch, obviously. It's going to be have, have a little grass in it, but it's going to be rolled in. It's not, you know, you don't. I don't imagine that you would, you would like a, a green top to play right. the uh, the the, the So yeah, the pitch is going to be a good pitch. Uh, you know, you've got to be careful what you reach for because too fast it, it may be not be good for us. Too slow in in somewhere else it's not it good. So we're going to prepare the best pitch we can prepare. Wonderful. Uh, just before you go, uh, Doc. Um, uh, Tony, any any questions for Richard Profiles before he goes? Prof, you want to take the lead? Go ahead. Oh, uh, hi, uh, Prof. Uh, good to good to hear you again. Um, how is yeah. the outfield doing? I mean, we've talked about the pitches, but what about the outfield? Mm-hmm. Are you yeah, happy the outfield, with the outfield? Yeah, the outfield. Have been, yeah, we had we have just put in about four loads, big loads of sand right. in the outfield. Uh, and uh, to try and even it out, and and we've got the all the irrigation working out. I had a number of the, the, the pop up um, things that sprinkles, but they come on with uh, a timing a timing thing, and uh, some of them were working, and they had brown patches and so on. So there, I, 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 I believe that we should be ready uh, with, mm-hmm. with um, out the outfield would be in a lot better condition than we've had it for. Like in recent times, so mm-hmm. I think the outfield should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I, I think uh, uh, Pollard's, uh, you know, criticism of our surface was the first time I'd heard a West Indian captain do such a thing, especially about uh, the Kensington Oval uh, Square. Um, I know that's a, something that that wouldn't have sat well with you. Um, what What do you have to say, basically, to to reassure him or others that may be wondering about, well, I, about I, that. I did, yeah. I wasn't. I, 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 I heard the criticism by Pollard that it was it was uh, wasn't up to standard. It was uh, and uh, and and what he said and so on. It was disappointing that that uh, that you know that he come out and play and and everybody else is making runs. You're not making runs, so he pitches terrible for you to, to play on mm. and. And so it it was usually it was to say it was a little diplomatic would be probably putting it mildly and I and uh, and I and I wasn't actually in the island at that time when it happened but but what, what happened as I understand mm-hmm. they had a, a scare with someone coming in with COVID at the time mm-hmm. and the match was postponed 
and uh, we were going to play. And for two or three days, they didn't play. And Pollard himself called for, uh, for he wanted a, a, a pitch that they had played on and won one of the matches or done well. They beat So he chose the pitch, he and the, and the, and the coach. Ooh. So then they turned around and said that the pitch wasn't good. So it's, uh, I understand that that was the case. So it was a bit strange to hear mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 Richard, I want to thank you for coming through and talking to us. We'll keep you, um, of course, uh, we're going to be talking to you very soon again as we get closer and closer to that match on January the 22nd. Um, Happy New Year to you, Richard Prophet. Thank you very much, and thank you all. All right, good. 743 in the country. Of course, this is Mason and Guess. You can call us 4341790. Calvin Hope, Cricket uh, West Indies Director. Calvin, you're getting some... Reaction here as well. Um, let me just go back to my uh, my phone WhatsApp message. Something came in just now, and we just have to wait and see. Tell Calvin that there is no commercial and business development committee. Calvin. Well, well, well whether there's a business or commercial, that only goes to show you when when. All these, there have been some changes recently, right, to committees. Assumed responsibility for that in the past, mm. and I don't know that there's been any change. But as I've been saying, there are a lot of things that you, you are not communicated to. You. So, but that is not, that is, that is what, what is that? What, what kind of question would that be or what would be? Well, 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 I'm just responding uh, to a WhatsApp message that was sent to me. Clearly, you know, the people are in the know listening as well. Yeah, but what I said, but is he responsible for for the marketing and business development (laughs) affairs? Is he or is he not? (laughs) That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm. All I'm saying, the whole point is that the current structure, in my view, should be different where you have an actual company owned by Cricket Westman dealing with the cricket affairs mm-hmm. and one dealing with the commercial affairs so that these things are addressed head-on by different people mm-hmm. and have more focus. That is what our cricket demands, in my view. Mm. Um, Tony, any, any questions for, for Calvin or Dr. Ford? Absolutely. Sure. Um, Calvin, has that, I, I agree with your recommendation, but has that been formally made to Cricket West Indies board for consideration? And is that likely to happen anytime soon? Mm-hmm. The recommendation yeah. that there be two, two distinct entities or branches to, to Cricket West Indies? Well, I, I, have, I have made comments relating to, to that and in, 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 to, to members of the board directors privately and I have made, made comments about that in meetings before and I will continue to do that but the whole governance reform thing is, is yet to be to be settled so you know in mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. Um, and that is why you're talking about having wide input before you rush to a completion of a document right and looking and 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 getting serious, doing serious analysis of the situation in our cricket 
from the, from every crevice and not just by notions of what, what people want in terms of running the situation. It mm. is to inform the future. And where do we sit in terms of the economic space and the economic model for running cricket internationally, right? We are running around trying to get sponsorship here, there, and here, and there. And our, our space is very small, mm. right? There is no real relationship with the commercial sector in the region and before cricket. But if you look and go back to when all cricket was really doing well, right? And when it started, the people on the board were commercial people and they were involved in running, actually putting money into the cricket out of their companies to support and say that is the development, the history of it. But we can move to partnerships for merchandising, for development of products, because the brand is very strong. Mm -hmm. The brand is strong. So see, exploit the brand, right? So that the brand can mm -hmm. help you and give you money to develop the cricket. But the current structure cannot do it. It can't do it. Oh. And because of the power struggles, and people want the power, right? Mm. And they have no real track record in actually involvement in the development of cricket, not even in their territory. Oh, not before it? That's an interesting what, comment. Calvin, what bonds to individuals who, looking from the outside, would conclude that many of the directors have been involved in cricket administration and in the directorship for many years. They've seen various presidents come and go. They're, they're extremely experienced in the failings and the frustrations of Cricket West Indies and the brand, but yet collectively as a group, and choosing a leader from among themselves every several terms, we are still in the same position. Um, don't you think that someone looking on would maybe conclude that the group collectively is burnt out and maybe we need to just have a whole new group? I, <clears throat> I don't agree with this these comments about people been there for a long time and 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 you know a lot of the times change is good but we are dealing with a very unique product mm -hmm. the people involved in cricket know they know they know the bowels of cricket and what is needed for development that is why i'm calling for the split of the commerce and the cricket. Mm -hmm. Because you can't tell me that you can bring a person with all the qualifications in the world and put those people to be on Cricket West Indies board, to run our cricket, displace all the territorial knowledge. Take mm -hmm. them out. Tell me, people who do not even know the names of cricketers don't know how where St. Catherine is, mm -hmm. where a cricket club is in Trinidad. 
and they will run the cricket. I say that there's room for them. There is room for developing a unique model for our circumstances, right? You need the experience in running cricket in the territories, mm -hmm. and you need their input on cricket West Indies board, but the model has to be set up properly. Mm -hmm. okay, that, is what, that is where we are getting confused because mm -hmm. there are two things, and you, you, our cricket is a problem because we don't have the money. Oh. And we don't have the cohesion mm -hmm. with the money and the cricket. Oh. Because the ICC, for instance, we do not have a strategy of unlocking the ICC funding in a proper way. Where is that? Now, who, the, all the company, all the, 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 board, the boards, mm -hmm. the members of ICC are basically Commonwealth countries. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that there can be a strategy in that direction? in terms of reform of the ICC. Mm -hmm. it's, it's happened. It's happened in the world, mm -hmm. right? You have to apply pressure, sometimes not directly, but mm -hmm. there is something called fairness in the world. Fairness. Mm -hmm. Fairness. Mm -hmm. And the United Nations had millennium goals, which deal with cricket, which not deal with sport. Sorry, not cricket. Deal with sport and the development of people. And you need to think global and think in those directions. When you come and you want to be a president of Cricket West Indies, stop the politics. Deal with the politics at the level that it should be dealt with. Ooh. And if you want to, 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 to run our, our sport, why don't you find yourself in every territory and meet and see what's happening in the territories and get some knowledge? Ooh. Get some knowledge from in the territories, mm -hmm. right? Even if you want to pick up the phone mm -hmm. and speak directly to boards and get input, all that. Don't sit on a, on a high horse, on a high foot tower, right? And hand down decisions. Yeah, and but Captain Lee. Just before you go down the port, um, it is criti critical that we squeeze in about two or three minutes with Rommel currency because you know we've got to be current, uh, pardon the pun here. Uh, we've got a situation where the West Indies team, uh, they're on the 19th, they're very much involved in the practice match um, in St. Vincent. And let, let, let's go to St. Vincent and talk to Rommel currency. Of course, with the player for the win, we're now the president of the local association there in St. Vincent. Hello, Rommel, how are you? Hi, good night. Good night, Nathan, and good night to, to your guests and everybody who is listening to your show right now. Right, okay. T tell us, um, uh, what's happening? You're happy, of course, to host a couple of uh, practice matches involving the West Indies in South Africa? Yeah, we are, we are always happy um, as, as a cricket association to, to host any matches really because we are there to, to promote cricket. Um, we were asked to do so at a very low, a late notice. Um, however, we were willing, we were able mm -hmm. to, to get the members of the Cricket Association to work extremely hard to get get um, the matches going. We, we worked well with the Ministry of Health. Um, mm -hmm. We worked well with, with other other players, other stakeholders to ensure that the matches were played. Because obviously, you know, you have COVID, you have Omicron. Right. Mm -hmm. We have to really make sure 
that um, the protocols, the health protocols were put in place to, to ensure that the boys were safe mm -hmm. um, to go into the World Cup. Um, we also had to ensure that our citizens here in St. Vincent um, um, remain safe. So the protocols were, were a big thing for us. So in fact, um, we only got um, permission to host matches um, just a, a couple of days before the, the, the scheduled first game. Okay. And, and but, but, but things, things to me are going well. And, and tell us about the games. Um, so far, the West Indies struggling in the first match. Yeah, the, the first game was played in, in Cumberland um, on the leeward side of the island. We haven't had cricket there in a long time, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of the other territories can, can say the same thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, we would have had the eruption of the last of Fair Volcano who that deposited quite a, a bit of ash. Right. Um, I was told by the congressman that ash reached um, close to, to eight inches of the ground, so we had to make sure we had to make sure we had the heavy roller to ensure that the ground was firm mm -hmm. and ready to ensure as well the safety mm -hmm. of, of our cricketers. We wouldn't want them to get injured at all. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, and, and then the second game obviously was played. Well, the, the results of the game in Cumberland, which uh, you know, West Indies yeah, yeah, yeah. lost in a very strong position. Um, but, but I believe it is a big test for them. Um, mm -hmm. The wicket in Cumberland plays a little bit different than the wicket here at Annisville. Mm -hmm. um, they won today, consistently, um, mm -hmm. 4-2. Um, uh, I thought the guys played well. Mm -hmm. uh, but but and I did afterwards have a conversation with head coach FIFA. As you know, I, I played. Yes, you, you would have played with him. him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And. Um, he, he, he has high hopes. He really does have high hopes for the boys. He, he mm -hmm. thinks that the boys can go all the way. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe, knowing Floyd, having played under him, knowing how meticulous he is right. about his, his coaching, um, I believe they stand a very, very good chance of going all the way. Wonderful. In next year's World Cup. Rommel, final question to you. When are you going to get into National Cricket Arnesville again? Uh, that's oh. a, a very, very, very good question. That's a very, very good question. Mm. Um, we, we always, we always seeking to have conversations with those in charge who can, who can mm. best make it happen. Um, because we really have been starved for a long time. Yes. And, and I know that they talked about hotel accommodation and, and the, the, the facility travel on sale. But you would appreciate um, with everything it takes. Um, resources, financial resources, most of all. But we, we are working towards that. We, we have hosted quite a bit of regional tournaments mm -hmm. on the 19th, and we have done well at that, in my opinion. Right. So, but you're keeping, you're keeping ahead. We're plowing ahead, right. and, and hoping for that. And we'll try to, as much as possible, do everything in our power mm -hmm. to get international cricket back here. Yeah. All right. Thanks, uh, Rommel. We're going to certainly talk to you very, very soon. Uh, again, and uh, always good to hear from you. Happy New Year to you. All right, we got just a couple uh, minutes or two minutes left in the show now. Um, and final question to you, Calvin. If you had to see Ricky Skerritt now, Calvin Hope, Ricky Skerritt in the room, no Dr. Ford, no Tony Matwatt, no Chris Siddle, what would you say to your president? The Skerritt experiment has failed. Ooh. And I've told him that every time. Every time. 
and I don't I don't hide that. Oh. It's there for everybody to see. It has failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that all you would tell him, Calvin? Well, that's all I have to have to say. <laughs> and I will shake his hand too. <laughs> so so you're saying, Calvin. So you're saying, Calvin, that Ricky Scared is not the man. No, I I, I never thought so. <laughs> you never thought so? Okay. I, I, and would you tell him that? You know, you try to help and you try to give, give you know, to, to make a contribution. But unfortunately, you know, when people are set in their ways, mm. that's it. You know? Do you? So, the, the experiment has failed. Do, but do you fear backlash, Calvin, from all of this? And it's a my back broad. Mm. I've been, I've been, I've been the boy on the burning deck for a long time and in many spheres. Mm. I see. <laughs> well, Calvin, I want to thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. You're there in Baltimore. Hope you come back home soon because there's a big election uh, come January the 19th, and I know that you are a big supporter of uh, the Prime Minister. Are you coming back home to 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 uh, you and Dr. Ford in 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 in, in, in James South? Well, listen, I I I am not, not involved in politics, Andrew. Forget forget is enough politics for me. Right? I I am will not be drawn in or even comment on what you have said. All right. Well, Dr. Ford, I know, is a big BLP man. Doctor, we won't want to comment. We do know, of course. New York already tonight. (laughs) All right. And Tony, Tony, I want to to thank you, Tony, for coming through. I'm sure you're going to be writing that big article that you sent to me on my email, yourself and Red Spurrier. We expected a big, big article there coming with Calvin Hope. I would imagine tomorrow is going to make primetime news saying the Skerritt experiment has failed. All right. Thanks to you, Christopher, for coming through and talking to us. All I've got to say to Mr. Uh, my good friend, very good friend of mine, the business of a leader is to turn obstacles into stepping stones and disaster into triumph. I'm Andrew Mason. He's hoping for a better tomorrow. It's good night.
have a pleasant evening god bless